The sukkah's got to be the perfect COVID gathering spot. <laughs> it's really just gorgeous. It's outside, lets the air in. But you know, the sukkah, as I mentioned, is supposed to represent beauty, a connection to nature, to opening ourselves up to that connection, to joy, and also remembrance of our own redemption, our escape from Egypt, from oppression. It was my honor a number of years ago to work on creating that sukkah that's out there in the courtyard, that kind of modern expression that we have. When I first came to Emmanuel, we kind of had, I call it a crash sukkah. <laughs> it was a little tiny sukkah, like many synagogues have had. And I realized that we could, could do more and better and that we got a group of architects and artists together. And, and this was my vision, it was their vision they came up with, and it's really so inspiring. I found my own sense of inspiration from the sukkahs that I encountered when I went and visited kibbutzim in Israel on Sukkot. And if you know the kibbutzim, they, they were derived from uh, really socialist collectives and kind of anti-religious. But they really connected to Sukkot because of the they were farms for the most part and at harvest season. And so the kibbutzim built these huge sukkahs, like the size of half this room. So the whole kibbutz could dine and gather together under the sukkah. And I thought, well, can't we do something like that to invite our community to come under the sukkah? But then there was a second source of inspiration, and it's not a sukkah, but it's a beautiful piece that you can see in uh, the Museum of Jewish Heritage. Have any of you been there in New York City? It's a fantastic uh, museum that, that teaches about the Shoah, that bears witness to the Holocaust but does so in a way that is inspiring because it teaches about Jewish life before the Holocaust on the first floor. And those who come into the museum and don't know anything about Jews come and learn a bit about Judaism. And then the second floor has the Shoah. It's very important and painful and, and, and such great teaching about, about how all of us have to stand up against hate, especially and even now. And the third floor is about Jewish life after the Holocaust and the rebuilding. And it's on that exhibit downstairs with all the Judaica that there's this amazing piece that really touched me. And when I take uh, 10th graders there once a year, and sometimes I take adult trips, it's an important stop to make. Because you see this fantastic piece of ritual art. It's the biggest piece they have on display in the museum. And what is it? It's not a sukkah, but it's a sukkah wrap. It's a wrap to put around the entire sukkah that was created by a Hungarian Jew who was a resident of Budapest named Arie Steinberg. Uh, Arie Steinberg had spent his life as a teacher, as a cantor, as a shohet, a kosher butcher. The guy could do everything. <laughs> and then he was also a trade union leader. He was a man of great piety, but, but when he retired, he, he took up a, an interest in arts that he had, had nurtured along the way as a hobby. And he started creating ritual documents, Ketubot, Zuzot. And then he started making larger pieces, more ambitious projects, an illustrated Haggadah. And then finally, the museum had on display his most ambitious project. And it's this huge sukkah wrap that is decorated so beautifully with Jewish ritual art objects, um, with uh, beautiful expressions of characters from Jewish history, 
It has on it uh, his own vision of what Jerusalem must have looked like. He'd never been to Jerusalem, but he, he put kind of a medieval expression of, of Jerusalem around the, the wrap. Uh, and then he decorated with calligraphy and other paintings and included some of the best examples we have of what pre-war Hungarian Jewish life might have been like. In fact, one great thing is he shows other sukkahs that have a glass cover that you could open and close. So if it was raining, you could close it and still be in the sukkah. It's just, it's just a stupendous piece. And when I see it, I'm amazed and inspired. And I hope you'll maybe go with me at one point to see it or go on your own. Now, how is it there? How did it survive the Holocaust? Uh, Mr. Steinberg died before the Nazis took control over Hungary. Hungary uh, joined the Axis powers until 1944. And, and then in 44, as the Nazis were coming in, the family who had protected this wrap and would show it to people who'd come to visit and see them on Sukkot to just take in the amazing work that it was, they, they had to figure out a way to hide it. And of all places, they hid it. They gave it to the te teenager among them. And he took it to the Doheny Street Synagogue. And if you've been to Budapest, in, in the Pest part of the city, uh, the Jews there who felt so comfortable, uh, they built the biggest synagogue in the world. Uh, the synagogue in Emanuel, New York, debates that they're bigger. There's, there's a closet involved. That if you take, don't count the closet, then, then Emanuel's bigger. But the Doheny Street synagogues there in Budapest, it wasn't bombed because, at first because of the, uh, the Axis connection. And, and later it was damaged. But the Nazis put, uh, put a stable in there. Uh, they put some storage in there. They kind of wrecked it up a, a bit. Uh, but Adolf Eichmann even was in there and had offices there to, to, to plan to kill all of us. Um, and then the Russians uh, didn't blow it up either as they took the city. So it was a miracle that that place survived. And of course, because of its survival, so did this sukkah wrap. And the family, they went at the war, the survivors, and they got it back. Isn't that amazing? They got it back and they took it home. But then what happens to Hungarian Jewry? The Soviets take over. And of course, they're anti-religious. And so the family now has to hide the sukkah wrap in, in their closets at home and pretend not to be Jewish until the 56th uh, revolt takes place. And then they, they try to get out. And one of the grandchildren, or actually two of them, hide it, they break it up into pieces, and wrap it in, in, in raincoats. And they make it over to the border in Vienna. And they finally come to America. And they settle in Borough Park. And it's in the closet and brought out at Sukkot, this stupendous piece of Judaica. Um, until the museum started coming to being, and they sent out scouts to look for Judaica that might be good to display. And so somebody ended up in a pharmacy, and the pharmacist said, or maybe it was a relative, hey, do you know about this sukkah wrap? And they went to the house, and they were amazed, so amazed, and so grateful the family lent it to them that it really takes up about half that wall over there on display in the museum. And it's just a treasured object. Now, why am I relating this to you? Well, I want you to remember this is Zman Simchatenu, season of our joy. And as we come out of COVID, I hope that you'll see your coming out as an opportunity not just to be relieved, 
but for the flowering of Jewish life and creativity. Sukkot embraces beauty and a sense of salvation. Yes, the wandering through the wilderness for a purpose of our ancestors and the artistic expression of joy in Jewish life. Now, you may not have seen it, but we had the artist Shimon Addy here a number of days ago. Cantor Addy's brother is the artist who put the exhibit on the barges floating around the city that showed the, uh, the, that taught about refugees coming to America. And he uh, came here and he spoke and shared some of his Jewish work that he does. And it's so important. We have in this city the Contemporary Jewish Museum. Have you been there? We need to support it. They have a brand new head, uh, Chad Corvey. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. But it's a treasure in the city because it looks to celebrate a living Judaism. And I want you to think about it. That's what that man did. He celebrated Jewish life. He added his beauty. And the family protected it, not to be nostalgic, but to help see hope in Jewish life going forward. But well, we need to connect to that hope, too, with all the negativity out there, to see the beauty, and then see how do we add to the beauty of our lives, of Jewish life, the life of the city and the country. Uh, let, let that work of the past and the heroism of those families, may it inspire us to bring in the joy and commit ourselves to doing the same, to celebrating life, celebrating the harvest of our lives and thinking about how we can bring God's presence and that beauty into our presence and to the future to be shared with each other and shared with others. It is Zman Simchatenu. I hope you'll Google it and look it up. It's amazing to see. Happy Sukkot, everyone.